This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. Now that the FFIEC guidance is official, how different is the final draft from the draft we saw circulate in December? And if changes between the two versions do exist, what does that mean for financial institutions that have already made strides to initiate compliance? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Julie McNelly, a financial fraud analyst with ITA Group, who shares her first impressions about the new guidance. Julie, given that the guidance was just issued today, none of us has had a great deal of time to pour over too many of the details. But it does seem from a quick overview that I've done that regulators have provided more details about layered security as well as device identification. Did you feel the same way? And if so, could you explain a little bit about some of the differences you see there, as well as some of the other things that stand out when you compare the two documents? Yes, looking at the two documents, uh, layered security seems to have received the most attention in the uh, the six-month time frame that has passed since the preliminary guidance was released to uh, the final guidance. Uh, And I think that uh, that's critical because that really was the cornerstone of this guidance and its uh, improvements over the 2005 guidance. Uh, They provided a much more detailed explanation of what constitutes layered security and some recommendations of um, how to, what types of technologies constitute a layered security approach. Um, but frankly, I was I was a little surprised that you know we have had over six months since the uh, preliminary guidance was leaked, and comparing the two versions, apart from the changes to the layered security section and a uh, change in which a recommendation that institutions consider multi-factor authentication was moved from the retail banking section to the business banking section, which is, it, it makes much more sense there. Um, there, there's been remarkably few changes between the two copies, and uh, it, it seems like this shouldn't have taken six months to finalize. And so when we think about maybe some of the changes that could have been included, one of the things that we noted earlier was um, the omission of any reference to mobile. Do you feel that mobile is still something that the regulators probably should have broached? You know, I absolutely think that uh, it's something that they should have broached more directly, um, specifically, when you consider that uh, the the, doc, the the final guidance actually states the 2005 guidance's definition of high risk transactions remains unchanged. That is, electronic transactions involving access to customer information or the movement of funds to other parties. So, by that definition, mobile could be interpreted to be encompassed within this guidance although the entirety of the guidance from then on just refers to the online channel. And while some of the mitigation techniques that they refer to are equally applicable between the two channels, um, some of them are are not applicable to the mobile channel. So I think that this actually creates confusion, and uh, that's something that they're going to need to address very soon. And what about the fact that this guidance is going to take effect in January? Doesn't that seem like a relatively short timeline for institutions? It's a very short timeline, uh, particularly when you take into account the fact that, uh, you know, hitting mid-October to uh, early November, we're going to be hitting banks' freeze periods. And so this does not give banks much, and credit unions much time at all to, uh, to put the required technology in place. 
I think that we'll potentially see banks lobbying for an extension to that because it's just not it's not a feasible time frame. And do you think, though, in defense of the regulators, that perhaps their perception is, well, this guidance has been out there in draft form for several months, and perhaps they're assuming that institutions have already begun to move forward with steps to comply? Well, I don't think that that's a fair assumption, since there's been no indication that the final draft was going to be consistent with the preliminary draft. Um, Now, it's been my position for a while that banks should be and credit unions should be going down this path anyway just because of the, the threat environment. And I think a lot of institutions, particularly the larger ones, already have a lot of this stuff in place. Um, but for those that don't have this in place, you know, essentially having three to four months to deploy uh, technology that will put them in compliance just, just isn't reasonable. And so what advice can you offer, Julie, to financial institutions who are, you know, downloading this and taking a look at it and doing a comparison between what they've implemented and what the new guidelines are calling for and looking at this compliance deadline of of January 2012? What steps should they be taking? What does this mean? Well, the first thing that they will be doing is mapping, okay, what does the guidance say that we have to have versus what do we have today? What is the delta? How do we, how do we, uh, address the delta in the next three to four months. Um, so we'll be seeing a lot of resources deployed against that. Um, I think we'll also be seeing folks contacting whatever lobbying organization that they belong to to uh, communicate to the regulators that, uh, you know, just based on business practices and financial services, you know, a six-month window is not reasonable and that this, this deadline should be extended a few months. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a year, but... You know, just enough time to get past those those winter freezes and to uh, get the requisite technology deployed. Um, yeah, overall, I, I think that uh, this guidance is a big improvement over what we had out there. You know, the 2005 guidance. It has a lot more prescriptive recommendations. And for those institutions that uh, didn't have these protections deployed, it will help them put in place a technology environment and a policy-based environment that can help. Uh, defend them against the uh, the very real threats that are out there, particularly in the wholesale banking channel. And what about the role that vendors might play here, Julie? We've heard a lot from the vendor community about steps that they think institutions should take. How much can institutions lean on the vendors or look to them to help push along some of this since they do have such a short timeline to work with? Uh, the vendor community uh, can be uh, very helpful in this. You know, this is their bread and butter. And to the to the extent that they uh, can bring to bear the technologies, can share information about how their technologies can contribute to a layered approach. Yeah, I think vendors or institutions can really rely on the vendor's expertise. Um, you know, some vendors will have point solutions. Some will have a more complete range of solutions that can help address the layered approach. And uh, institutions just really have to understand how those solutions map into the threat vectors to determine what layers are appropriate. You want to make sure that you're not deploying redundant layers and leaving a a glaring hole in the uh, threat environment that you're exposed to because you haven't deployed the right layers. Is there anything else, Julie, that you'd like to share about the guidance as it relates to authentication or any of the things that we've talked about in the past? Um, You know, I... At, the, at first glance, again, I think that it uh, it 
list the appropriate technologies that should be considered, the, the appropriate policy-based approaches that should be considered. Um, the large financial institutions have a lot of this stuff already, um, but this will uh, help bolster some of the smaller institutions that were maybe waiting on this guidance before, before pulling the trigger. Right. I'd like to thank you for your time again today, Julie. Thank you, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Julie McNally of ITA Group. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.